0: This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is brought to you by Artbase. Are you managing an art collection or an artist studio or a gallery? Is it time to bring your collection management skills up to a professional level? Well, Artbase is the right software to manage your art business. Artbase allows you to track your artworks and contacts in an easy-to-use, powerful database. Enter your data once, and you can use that data to generate reports, offers, contracts, and so much more. They've got a brand new version out with a whole new look that can be used on the cloud from any location on any device. So what are you waiting for? Go to ArtBase.com today to learn more. And be sure to mention ArtTactic for a 15% discount. Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic podcast. I'm your host, Adam Green. Hope everyone's doing well and staying safe. With COVID cases surging throughout Europe, there have been several lockdowns of varying degrees, I've been communicating with galleries across the continent, and most have been able to stay open, at least on a by-appointment basis. However, some are temporarily closed, unfortunately. Meanwhile, cases continue to surge within the U.S., but galleries still remain open at this time. And interestingly, Asia seems to be doing really well, and there are actually in-person art fairs occurring in Asia at the moment, and sales are apparently very strong there. We're definitely monitoring the situation across the globe, and hopefully things don't get out of control in the next few weeks in Europe or the U.S. One interesting aspect of the COVID pandemic that we haven't yet covered on the podcast is museum deaccessioning activities during the pandemic. The Association of Art Museum Directors, which consists of directors of museums in the U.S., Mexico, and Canada, has generally frowned upon museums selling art unless the funds were to be used to acquire other art for the museum's collection. However, given the unprecedented pandemic, it's put several museums in very difficult financial positions, and the Association of Art Museum Directors has loosened their position on deaccessioning for museums that are suffering financially. As a result, we've seen a select number of museums sell at auction recently, most notably the Baltimore Museum of Art, which decided to sell three paintings by Andy Warhol, Clifford Still, and Bryce Marden, the total of which could have brought in over $70 million dollars. However, unlike other museums, the Baltimore Museum of Art has received significant criticism to sell these three important works from the collection and withdrew the sale of the works just hours before the auction was scheduled to take place at Sotheby's. In this week's episode of the podcast, we chat with Mary McCauley. She's an arts reporter for the Baltimore Sun. She's been covering this story from beginning to end, and she tells us more details about the timeline of this story, how decisions were made, and who were making them, and she also updates us on the latest regarding the museum. We hope you enjoy this episode with Mary. Thanks so much again for listening. Mary, thanks so much for joining us.
1: My pleasure,
0: Alex. So for those who haven't been following this sale closely, we're going to get into all the details about what prompted the Baltimore Museum of Art to try to sell these three major paintings from their collection. They were consigned to Sotheby's and dramatically withdrawn from their auction just hours before the sale was planned. But before we get into all of those details, tell us about the three paintings that were set to be sold. How important are they to the museum's permanent collection and what's their history with the museum?
1: Well, all three of the artworks, there was a strong opposition to them for different, you know, to selling them for different reasons. The Last Supper is, you know, kind of a monumental painting and was either one or two, either the first or second most important of the Baltimore Museum of Art's very extensive Warhol holdings. And in fact, it was guaranteed a um, private sale price of $40 million and a similar painting sold at Sotheby's recently for 60 million dollars and so there was a concern that the private sale that first of all the painting shouldn't be sold at all and secondly that if it was that it was not going to go for anywhere near what it was worth and then the Clifford Still he lived for the artist lived for I think almost 20 years um just north of Baltimore and it was one of four paintings that he gave individually to museums and he gave this one to Baltimore. It is the only um, painting by still that the Baltimore Museum of Art owns. It's the only artwork that they own by him. And um, in terms of the Bryce Martin, he is still alive and it is considered to be a bad thing to sell artworks by living artists because this could affect their market value. And moreover, we own one painting by Martin, although it owns several works of paper, But the painting is the, you know, by far the most significant work by him.
0: And so, of course, with the pandemic, a lot of museums have been suffering financially. What was the motivation for why the Baltimore Museum of Art was attempting to sell these three important paintings from their collection?
1: It was not so much the financial strain caused by the pandemic. It's um, kind of ironic, but the Baltimore Museum of Art is one of the few museums that was actually in pretty good shape financially. Partly that is because we have not had free admissions in either of the two major museums in Baltimore since 2006. So unlike many other museums, they really weren't dependent on revenues that suddenly you know, and precipitously fell off a cliff last March. But the, the impetus, according to Chris Sedford, the museum director, was that he wanted to try to fund a bunch of diversity initiatives at the museum, one of the foremost being increasing salaries for some staff members who were making, uh, I think, $13.50 an hour. I mean, just a tiny amount of money. And the idea was to sell those paintings and raise $55 million for diversity initiatives and then $10 million to purchase works by women and artists of color.
0: I think that's pretty interesting for people who have only been reading the headlines related to this story They may have assumed that the museum's actions were prompted by a loss of revenue from the museum being closed for several months. But as you mentioned, the museum actually hasn't been charging for admission for a very long time. You've been covering this story in depth. I think it would be great if you can share with us the timeline and some of the major actions that occurred that ultimately led to these three paintings being consigned to Sotheby's to sell.
1: Sure. Well, first of all, back in April of, back in April during COVID, the Association of Art Museum Directors um, relaxed their guidelines around how um, funds from deacquisitioned art could be used, and on October 1st, the Baltimore Museum of Art's Board of Trustees voted, essentially voted for the deaccessioning, and it became it became um, public today. You know, a, a day later, and even at the time, there was opposition to this. And I think partly because the guidelines, even the relaxed guidelines, made it clear that the funds were, that this was being done to kind of help museums through the pandemic. And the museum director, Chris Bedford, said very clearly, we're actually in pretty good shape financially. This is driven by mission. It's not driven by, you know, by necessity. And then I want to say on the 14th, 14th or the 15th of October, a group of opponents asked the Maryland Attorney General and Secretary of State to block the sale of the Warhol, which was going to be by a private sale, and the, and the two paintings by auction. And then there were a continual kind of flurry of kind of other activities that happened around this. Finally, on the auction was scheduled for the 28th of October. On October 27th, the AMD sent out a clarification of their guidelines saying, without mentioning the BMA, but saying really very clearly, deaccession funds are only to be used um, to help museums that have been impacted by, by the pandemic. And then and the you know, museum you know continued to kind of, you know did not cancel the auction at that point. And then the following day, 15 of the 18 directors of the AAMD sent a letter to the Board of Trustees essentially saying, please call off the auction. And at that point, there was an emergency meeting of the Board of Trustees, and they voted to reaccession the paintings.
0: And where do things stand at the moment with the paintings? Are they going back into the museum's collection? Has that been determined yet? Is a sale still a possibility?
1: No. I mean, at this point, it has definitely been called off. They announced it originally as a pause, but in reality, and that was something I clarified with Chris actually today, was that those, you know, those three paintings are once again part of the museum's, you know, permanent collection.
0: An interesting aspect of this situation is that the museum received intense scrutiny, really from around the country. Why do you believe the museum received so much criticism, while other museums who are currently deaccessioning have received very little, if any, at all?
1: I think that's a really good question. And I think part of it had to do with the fact that, um, you know, the BMA and Chris said, really, right from the very beginning, we're not doing this for financial reasons. And so that seemed to be, at the very least, kind of a violation of the spirit of the AAMD's deaccessioning guidelines. But also, and just as crucially, or maybe even more crucially, um, this became pretty quickly a discussion about race, because the funds were to be used to fund diversity initiatives. And that is always a hot-button topic in America, as you know, and certainly, you know, given the events of the recent election. So I think, it, I think it was really the combination of those two things.
0: This became a national topic of discussion, but I'm curious how the locals, the people of Baltimore who attend the museum regularly, felt about the museum's actions. Was there a strong feeling one way or another about selling these paintings, or was the opinion pretty split?
1: a big local story. It was, there was a lot of interest in it. Um, you know, you kind of couldn't walk down the street without people, you know, wanting to find out what's going on today with that. Um, and I, and I think that, that feeling about it was very split. I think there was, I think there was a, you know, big contingent who thought that the, I, it who, who, I think everybody supported the goals of the deaccessioning, the goals of, you know, purchasing more art by, you know, artists of color and by women and by eliminating ticketed, you know, you know ticketed exhibitions and by, you know, doing some of the other things and by increasing salaries for people who are making, you know, barely minimum wage. I think that the issue about how, you know, some of the, how that happened was a problem for a lot of people. And so there were, there were people who were very strongly in that, in that camp and who were really bitterly opposed to the sale. And then there were people who, you know, what was, you know, know, the um, BMA got a letter from the head of the NAACP who said, you know, thank you for, you know, thank you for doing this. It's long been overdue. So there was also a contingent who was very strongly in favor of the of the sale.
0: So it sounds like this fascinating story is finally put to bed as the paintings will stay in the Baltimore Museum of Art's permanent collection. Mary, thanks so much for coming on and sharing some of your reporting of this story with us. We really appreciate it.
1: Okay, great. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks so much to Artbase for sponsoring this week's episode of the podcast. Are you managing an art collection, an artist studio, or gallery? Is it time to bring your collection management skills up to a professional level? Well, Artbase is the right software to manage your art business. Artbase lets you track your artworks and contacts in an easy-to-use, powerful database. Enter your data just once and use that data to generate reports, offers, contracts, and much more. They've got a brand new version out with a whole new look that can be used on the cloud from any location on any device. So what are you waiting for? Go to Artbase.com, that's A-R-T-B-A-S-E.com to learn more, and be sure to mention ArtTactic for a 15% discount.